What's up, guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, April 16th. As always, we're presented by our guy Tom at D's Home Cuts. Got a lot of sports to catch up on. One of the most amazing, emotional weekends I have been a part of in a long time in my career of watching sports, my career as a sports fan. And there's some top moments in my life from watching sports. You know, obviously. Your team winning the Super Bowl, you know, when the Packers won in 2010, when Ohio State won a couple years ago, they won the college football playoffs, when uh, the Indians went to the World Series a couple years ago, even though they lost, Carmelo Anthony's 62-point night. I mean, there's just some moments in your head that stick out as a sports fan and stuff that you're going to be able to tell your kids someday that you watch live. And Sunday topped all of those. Sunday's Masters Tournament topped every single one of those moments for me and I think most of the sports fans in America. Watching Tiger Woods win the Masters Tournament after coming back 11 years without a major win, it has been a long road, it has been a tough road, and I'll admit, I haven't been the biggest golf fan the last couple of years. I've actually just started to get into it. Um, so I excuse me if I don't you know, say some of the right things or you know, I don't have a lot of the memories people have watching Tiger growing up because I just wasn't that big of a golf fan growing up. But the last couple of years, I've sort of gotten into it all because of one guy and that guy is Tiger Woods. And I think most of the people around the world could speak to that. They're not the only reason they're golf fans. The only reason they have a little bit of an interest in golf is because of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods has changed the entire world um, and created a whole new generation of golf fans and golfers. Um, and to see him win on Sunday was definitely one of the most emotional experiences I've had in a long time. Uh, I think everybody had tears in their eyes after he made that putt on 18 to clinch it. Um, you know, when he went over and hugged his son, I think that that right there just encapsulate, encapsulates sports and what sports can mean to everybody. And I think it's one of those situations where you understand why people love sports so much. Like sports can take you down to the lowest level. It can make you hurt. It can make you feel physical pain and emotional pain. And people wonder, you know, why do you watch it? Why do you participate if it, you know, hurts you this much? And it's because of these moments like we saw on Sunday. Those moments, seeing a guy who struggled the last 11 years, a guy who has spent, you know, a bunch of years wondering even even if he'll ever play again, even if he'll ever reach that top pinnacle, let alone, you know, win a Masters tournament, one of the best number one tournaments in the world. It was just an emotional moment, and I, I'm, my thoughts are sort of scrambled right now. We're going to get to some of these uh, messages that were sent to me, um, and they'll show you you know, just how much it meant to all of us um, and to a lot of the sports fans around the world. It was just a great tournament on, on Sunday. There's very few moments uh, in my life where I, like, I rush out and I, I get nervous about not getting a newspaper. Because what I like to do after, you know, a big moment like this or a big sports moment, I love to run out and get newspapers and save them because, uh, you know, 50 to 60 years from now, you know, I if, they're, if they aren't worth anything, I can at least show them to my kids and show them, you know, what kind of things I've, uh, 
I experienced in my life and I ran out and I was nervous about it. I was nervous I wasn't going to get, you know, a newspaper. I feel like people were all going to do what I was doing. But I ran out and I was able to get a newspaper, you know, with, you know, Tiger Woods' master win on the headlines. I'm going to frame that one of these days and give it to my kids one of these days. I don't know. It was just one of those moments yesterday that everybody was talking about hell even truman who doesn't even give a shit about golf tuned in to watch tiger woods absolutely dominate that masters tournament and you saw it from the beginning when even on thursday when he hit 70 in his first round um and they asked him you know if he knew what you know the 70 meant and he even said yeah uh you know last four times i've shot 70 i've won the masters in the first round uh and then you know Friday wasn't that much. Most people weren't predicting him to win. And then Saturday, he came out of nowhere to start two down on Sunday. Then they moved it up, which was perfect. I actually loved the early start time. It was over by like 3 o'clock. I was able to watch the Indians game um, and then the Blue Jackets game later. But I love that the fact that they moved it up because of the rain. And then Molinari was battling back and forth with Tiger for a majority of the first couple of holes, first nine. But you just saw it. You saw something different in Tiger's eyes. You saw it from the minute he took that first swing on uh, hole one. You could tell something was different about him. The red, the red mock turtleneck that he was wearing was glowing differently than what it's glowing in the past. And you could just see it anywhere on uh, Augusta that just red was just popping. And you saw it a bunch of times when you know a golfer was getting ready to tee off. You saw Tiger Woods just sort of standing over to the side there. And you could you could tell that um, no matter where that golfer was standing, where he was about to tee off, he could see that red in the corner of his eyes. And that was really the first time in a long time that Tiger Woods was actually intimidating. And um, not intimidating in a bad way where he was like making the golfers feel uncomfortable, but he was just shaking it up a little bit. And you could tell, you know, Francisco Molinari, Patrick Cantlay, they really didn't, and even Xander Shoffley, they really didn't want any of the smoke that Tiger was dealing. They didn't want those high-pressure stages that Tiger loves and he thrives in. And when he hit that shot in 18 to finish it all off, when he went over, hugged his son, hugged his kids, those moments that makes you tear up a little bit. And, you know, when he said one of my favorite quotes was, you know, my kids have never seen, you know, golf be good to me. They've only seen golf be bad to me. And to see them, you know, get to see their dad, you know, react to golf in that way. We're only we're for their entire lives the only thing they've ever known about golf and their dad is it's hurt him and made him feel bad. It was amazing to see golf, you know, treat him the way that it was, he was treated yesterday. And you saw all the golfers, you know, Dustin Johnson, uh, Brooks Koepka, all these guys after the interview, um, after their rounds, you know, they were talking about Tiger. Everybody mentioned Tiger, you know, all around the world. Tweets were being sent out from all these professional athletes. And I guess I'm sort of rambling on here, but I think it's easy to say, and I think you'll get a lot of these answers. That win on Sunday at Augusta Country Club, was the greatest sports moment I've ever watched in my entire career of watching sports. It was a blast from the beginning to the end. It it takes a very big moment and a very big athlete to totally encapsulate the nation like that. And I think the only guy who could really do that is Tiger Woods. And it's nice to see him now at the top of his peak. And all he's got to do now is win a couple more. And a couple more majors, a couple more tournaments, and he'll catch... Uh, Jack Nicholas and easily cement himself as the best golfer of all time. But 
that's it for that. That's all I want to talk about that. But we're going to stay on this topic. We're going to stay right there at Augusta Country Club. And we're going to read some of these tweets we've gotten. Cole Stafford sent me you know, a nice long message about Tiger Woods' win on Sunday. And I wanted to read that. And same with Stephen Handy and a couple other guys as well uh, who didn't want to be named. But we're going to go through these. I wanted to have Cole on the show. I apologize. I know he's probably listening. I apologize for not getting him onto the show uh, to break down the Masters like we did last year. Just with my schedule, it kind of got a little bit uh, difficult to get guests on, as you've seen the last couple of weeks. But uh, he sent me a great message, and I wanted to read that for you. So here we go. He said, yesterday was April 14th, 2019. For the past 85 years, the Masters in Augusta has been the enduring image of spring in the sport of golf. A tradition like none other, the biggest and most important stage in golf, a stage that for the past decade hasn't heard the roar of a champion. People around the world gathered to watch a man do what many said he could never be done, hoping that something of old could become something new again. What Tiger represents is bigger than the Masters, it's bigger than the sport, he defines what legacy really means. So as we gather around yesterday to witness greatness and hear the roars of old, we knew that a champion was once again home. A Tiger free to roam, tee to tee, and green to green, and now we truly understand what greatness means. That's what Sunday meant to me, Cole Stafford. If that doesn't make you tear up, if that doesn't make you uh, get really passionate and really excited, then you have no heart. Cole Stafford lives and breathes golf like many other pure Tiger guys. He, he's been hurt in the last couple of years. He knows the pain and the depths that Tiger has felt. Maybe not to the extent that Tiger has you know, been through it, but pretty close. The emotional pain of watching one of your favorite athletes you know, completely fall and completely go down and hit rock bottom, it hurts. And to see them come back and fight and claw and scratch all the way to get back to where he is now, to win the peak of his sport, to be a champion once again, it's it there's nothing like it in the world. There's nothing you can compare it to. There's nothing in the world, no other you know, sporting event in the world could be compared to what happened yesterday, what happened Sunday at Augusta Country Club. So let's read our other statement from Stephen Handy. He said, uh, it was the best moment of his life since June nineteenth, twenty sixteen, Cavs Championship. And he said, you know, the Tiger wins, Blue Jackets win, and the Game of Thrones, it doesn't get any better. And he's true. That's how a lot of people felt yesterday. I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. Uh, I've never seen an episode. I know Truman hasn't seen an episode, so we probably won't be talking about it that much. But I know a lot of people were excited for that. And it was just a great day. It was a fantastic Sunday. What a way to start the week, coming out like that, coming out firing like that. There's nothing like that in the world. And like I said, there, you can't, you will not be able to find another moment like that in sports history to see something like that, you can't compare it to anything. And it's going to be a huge documentary. There's going to be books written about it for decades. But the thing is, the thing that makes me even more excited, it's not over yet. Tiger's career isn't over. He didn't just. He's not just going to walk off, you know, the stage there, a Masters champion, and just leave it, leave it behind, leave his golf career behind. He's got a couple more tournament wins coming, and it's going to be even more emotional. You know, once you see that, yeah, it's probably not going to be even more emotional, but it's going to be a lot of fun for the next couple of years because Tiger is at the peak of his game now. He's back. 
and he's going to be winning a lot more tournaments, and I don't think uh, we're prepared to witness what we're about to witness. He's going to go on an absolute revenge tour. You saw it on Sunday, all the old tweets and videos coming out of you know, sportscasters, who I put in quotes, you know, completely writing him off and completely shutting him down. But Tiger put the work in. He woke up at 3 in the morning every day, got to work, started rehabbing, healed up, and just consistently rebuilt his golf game to get to where he needs to be. And, like, I could do a whole show on this. I could talk about this for hours. And I know I can't because we got to move on to some other sports topics. But that was just, I mean, we've never talked about golf this long in our entire history of the show. And it was just, it was a game. It was one of the funnest games, uh, funnest matches I've ever watched in my life. And it will be a moment that's completely seared into my memory for the rest of my life. And I'm going to be telling my kids about this for a long time. And I think Tiger Woods on Sunday, a lot of kids tuned in, a lot of little kids tuned in. And I think he created another generation of golfers. Another guys, another generation of guys we'll be seeing at Augusta Country Club in 20 to 30 years. He motivated these guys to play. And he motivated the guys that were playing on Sunday to play. And now he completely motivated another generation. And there's nothing like it in the world. When Tiger's on, there's nothing like it in the world. So I guess that's all I wanted to say. I know that was a little bit of a scrambled segment. You know, a lot of thoughts coming out. Uh, this is really the first time, though, I've been able to you know, sort of vent it out. It was it was just magical. I, mean, I guess magical is really the only word you can even use in that situation to describe it. Um, but that's it for that. That's it for Tiger Woods and his amazing tournament on Sunday. And I... We're going to be talking about this for years to come. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Let's move on to football now. we got a couple quick topics here. We'll start with Russell Wilson. So last night he set a deadline for the Seahawks. He wanted to get a new deal in place for this year. He wanted to get an extension signed. And he set a deadline last night. He said the deadline uh, is going to be, I think, well, I guess Tuesday at midnight. If they didn't get a deal done by Tuesday at midnight, he wasn't going to sign an extension. And it came over early this morning. We're probably the only podcast in the world that's reporting on this right now because we're up. I mean, the deal literally went down an hour ago at 4 a.m. And I was up. I was ready to roll. I got it down. Uh, So, yeah, he signed a four-year extension worth $140 million. He is now the highest paid player in the NFL. Um, So I guess now if you add it with, you know, the other year, he's five years, $157 million dollars being paid out to Russell Wilson, who, like Aaron Rodgers, deserves it more than any player in the NFL. Uh, he has been the guy who has completely held together that Seattle Seahawks locker room. He has completely taken the Seahawks to another level than where they would be without any other quarterback besides maybe Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. He is a top three quarterback in the NFL, and I know people are going to be shocked by that statement because he is also one of the most underrated players underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. What he's done the last couple years with a below average, you know, below average weapons around him, a way below average offensive line has been insane. He's brought them a Super Bowl. I know they had a really good defense, but Russell Wilson is just absolutely insane. Great guy for the community. I don't think there's a better person who deserves, you know, to be one of the highest paid players in the NFL besides maybe Aaron Rodgers. But uh good deal for Russell Wilson. Uh Sad to see that he'll be staying in Seattle because I don't really like Seattle. Um, but 
you can't really hate that much on Russell Wilson. So it's a good contract for him. Glad to see that he is now the highest paid player in the NFL. Um, we're going to move now to basketball. A couple big games went on last night. We'll start with uh, the Warriors series. But before that, I had to remind you guys about our guy, Dom at D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Go check them out. Me, Truman, 90% of the guests we've had on the show have gotten their haircut at D's uh, at least once or their lifetime clients because he does such a great job. If you don't believe me, you don't trust me, go check out his Instagram at these home cuts that's where you can find a bunch of haircuts that he's already done you can send him a dm to set up an appointment um and you will not be disappointed so these home cuts professional haircuts at a low price so the warriors they blew up last night uh last night we recorded this on tuesday morning was a complete shock i think to a lot of people they lost yesterday to the to the clippers um after being up 31 points, yeah, you're hearing that right. 31 points was the deficit that the Warriors had created against the Clippers, but the Warriors could not hold it at all, and they ended up blowing that lead, and they ended up losing that game. I'll get the final score for you. Not only that, though, they look looks like they're losing to Marcus Cousins for an extended period of time with a quad injury. He got knocked out early on in the first quarter. Um and Steve Kerr said, I guess it's a pretty significant injury for them. So 135 to 131, Lou Williams was a man possessed yesterday, ended up scoring uh, 36 points off the bench, one of the best, easily the best bench player of all time. Put it away for him. Not really sure what's going on here with the Warriors. Um, they kind of collapsed yesterday. It's not a good sign. The Warriors don't win first-round games. Uh, don't lose first round games, sorry, uh, and we'll see what happens. You know, I'm I'm not really you know gonna peg this as a completely you know panic button worrying moment, but it's something that they should be concerned about. Uh, so we'll see what happens. It's one to one. The series one to one right now. I think everybody still thinks the Warriors will win the series, uh, but we have to keep watching Demarcus Cousins and his injury because. It could be an extended injury, and it could be a big problem uh, for them. So then we'll go to the next series, the Nets and the 76ers. It's tied 1-1 to after a win last night with the 76ers. It was a mess on Saturday with the 76ers. They ended up losing their first game. Um, I know a lot of people are quick to judge you know, Amir Johnson and Joel Embiid about the cell phone thing, but when I heard that Amir Johnson's daughter is really sick and that he's was sort of checking that on the sidelines, I don't, I don't care. I fully understand what he did, so I'm not going to hate on him for that. But they played like shit, the 76ers, the first game. They played like complete shit. And to come back and get a win uh, is huge. Now they go to Brooklyn, which is um, not um, – it's not easy to win on the road in the playoffs, especially if you're struggling like the 76ers are. But I feel like they will. I feel like they'll put it together for them. Then we have some games today. Uh, Tuesday, the Magic versus the Raptors. Magic won first game, so they're up one to uh, one nothing right now. If you can steal a game on the road in the playoffs, that's one of the biggest things if you want to win a series. Uh, if they could go up 2-0 in this series, I fully believe the Magic would win this series. I'm not sure what happens to Kyle Lowry. 
I'm not sure why Kyle Lowry is complete garbage in the playoffs. It's like he wakes up, realizes it's the playoff time, and he completely forgets how to play basketball. It doesn't make sense. Everybody thought it was LeBron. Everybody thought it was Casey, so they got rid of all of that. Um, so there's no LeBron, no Casey as his coach, and it's the same result. It doesn't make much sense to me. Um, next series, Spurs and Nuggets. Uh, the Spurs are up one nothing into that series. Uh, the Nuggets, the number two seed, but still you cannot underestimate Popovich. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. He can do a lot with a little, and you know we'll see what happens in the series. I think the Nuggets just have too much power to lose to the Spurs, but they just don't have the experience right now. The Nuggets are a very young team, and uh, they don't really have that star player. Jokic is pretty good, um, but you kind of would really like a star like guard, somebody who can shoot the three really well. Um, but we'll see what happens. Again, like most of the series, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of ball game left. Thunder and the Trailblazers. Trailblazers are up one to nothing there. Uh, Thunder are struggling. I don't think the Thunder are going to win this series. Um, and that's going to hurt them a lot. It's exciting to me as a Mellow fan because it shows me that no matter what, the Celtics, not the Celtics, the uh, the Thunder can't even win with Westbrook. I think Westbrook is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. I think he's an absolute dog, but I don't think he's going to win you a championship. Like, I wouldn't want to fight him. I pray to God he doesn't hear this because I don't want to fight him. I don't want to go toe-to-toe with him. He's one of the – he's the – in the NBA, he's the least guy I want to. I would want to to fight if that makes sense. He's the least guy I want to make angry. But I just don't think he's that good, um, especially come playoff time. I don't think he's that good of a team player. He's a good one-on-one player. He's one of the best players in the NBA. But as far as a team goes, he doesn't elevate a team as much as you would like. And I think um, he needs to sort of shift his game up a little bit if he wants to become, you know, a good team player. Next, Pacers versus Celtics. The Celtics are up one nothing in that series. I think everybody was quick to sort of forget about the Celtics, but they're there, and they have the talent to go pretty far in the playoffs. They held the Pacers to eight points in the third quarter, which is insane. Um, so continue to watch that series. Then the Bucks and the Pistons. No Blake Griffin for the Pistons, and the Bucks are now up one nothing. I fully expect the Bucks to sweep this series, and if they don't, that's a big problem. I mean, they're basically playing a JV team uh, with the Pistons without Blake Griffin, and they won by 36. Blake Griffin scores 36, so uh, it's just I think the Bucks will sweep this series. Then Rockets and Jazz. The Rockets completely throttled the Jazz um, on Sunday, I believe, making it one nothing. Again, I expect the Jazz to sweep this series. I mean, the Rockets to sweep this series. Um, I just don't think the Jazz are that good. They don't really have a star player. Donovan Mitchell's not that yet. Um, so I'm taking the Rockets in this series. But that's it for NBA basketball. Uh, I haven't been watching a lot of NBA basketball because I like I've been watching a lot of baseball lately um, with the Indians and uh, obviously the Masters from this weekend, but. I'll continue to keep watch on that for you guys. Keep you updated. Then with the the with uh, basketball, the NBA. Obviously, Luke Walton was fired this weekend. Uh, I think we all saw that coming. I don't think anybody really uh, was surprised by that. And then uh, Luke Walton quickly got a job with the Kings. Doesn't have to move that far. Actually, I'm not sure how far Sacramento is from Los Angeles, but 
it's in the same state, so I'm pretty sure they're close enough. So he doesn't have to move that far. Um, and I fully expect that Luke Walton to get a job there. I mean, Luke Walton is a good young head coach. Uh, you saw what he did with the Warriors. I think he's a good hiring for the Kings. I'm not sure why the Kings got rid of their coach in the first place. Um, I can't really uh, pronounce their coach's name, their old coach's name, and that's my fault, but I'm not even going to try. But Luke Walton to the Kings is a good hiring for them. He's a good young coach. You saw what he did with the Warriors. And I think you know he was slowly um, fixing the Lakers and then to throw a complete wrench like LeBron James into the equation completely screwed it up for him. And then the whole Anthony Davis thing, I think he's sort of the scapegoat here. Um, but we'll see what happens. As far as the Lakers go, they need a head coach now. Ty Lue, I guess, is the running right now for the head coach for the Lakers which is not a surprise at all, I don't think, for anybody. Um, Luke Walton, not Luke Walton, Ty Lue is going to be LeBron's um, little servant. He's been, he was that in Cleveland. He'll do whatever LeBron says, and I think that's what the Lakers want. Um, and they want to be you know, sort of that Cavs team from 2016, 2017. Uh, so we'll see what happens there uh, with Ty Lue being the head coach of the Lakers. I mean, I think this is the most predictable thing in sports in the last couple of years, Ty Lue becoming the head coach of the Lakers. So we'll see what happens there. Um, as far as basketball goes, though, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, Zion Wilmerson declared. Uh, I know that's a complete shock. I know you guys are absolutely freaking out right now that a freshman would declare for the draft, one of the best freshmen in the last couple of years. Um, but, yeah, he declared for the draft. Uh, easily going to be the number one pick. I think it's between the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Suns right now. They all have the same odds to get that number one pick. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, Zion Wilmerson is going to be the number one pick, and he is declaring for the draft. Uh, with that, though, we'll move on to baseball. We're moving quickly. It's going to be a quick show today. Because uh, for me, because we have you know a nice ten to fifteen minute interview with with our hockey expert Bailey McRitchie. Uh, after baseball, we'll get that on. We're not hockey guys, so he helps us out. But we'll talk about that in a second here. Chris Davis with baseball finally got his first hit on Saturday versus the Red Sox, and he actually went three for five in that game. And then I think yesterday or the day before, he actually hit two home runs. So he's kind of heated up a little bit. Um, He's taken that sort of heat that we've been giving him, and he's taken off. And, you know, this is good for the for the Orioles. Obviously, you're getting some production out of your highest-paid player. Um, but we'll see what happens if he continues it. He continues to heat up because he is certainly heating up right now at the plate. Um, so all disrespect that I gave to Chris Davis last week, I take it all back. He has uh, heated up pretty well, so we'll see what happens. But... With that, I think we're going to move now to Bailey's interview. Um, like I said, me and Truman aren't hockey guys. I love to learn more about hockey. I love to learn as much as I could. Um, but it's nice to have uh, a guy like Bailey come on. We had a couple hockey guys on in the past. Uh, it's nice to get them on, you know, sort of catch us up on everything that's going on in the NHL until I get the motivation to go and actually get into it. Because I know once I get into it, I will absolutely get obsessed with it. Um, but it's nice to get Bailey on. He's going to give you, you know, a full breakdown of the playoff series. We recorded this on Monday, so some of these games, some of these his uh, predictions or whatever, are uh, actually a day behind because there were games last night. But it was a great interview. You know, Bailey's a good friend of ours, and he helped us to break it down. So here it is, Bailey McRitchie, Medina's number one hockey expert. 
expert, Bailey McRitchie. Uh, he's a good friend of ours. He goes to Ohio State. Welcome, Bailey. Hey, well, hey, glad to be on the podcast, boys. So uh, we've had you on before. Um, we're going to go through each series. Again, we don't know much about hockey, so uh, we're just going to let you go. We like to have our hockey experts on to give us some predictions for the playoffs here. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we'll go through each series, give a little line on each series, and then some predictions uh, with uh, each series, and then uh, we'll get you out of here. Does that sound good? That sounds terrific, boys. All right. So let's start with uh, the Bruins and the Maple Leafs, tied one-to-one. What do you think about that series? It's going to be a very interesting series, boys. I don't know if you watched any of the playoffs last year, but uh, Nazem Kadri, he is a – He's kind of like a grinder, kind of like in-your-face kind of kind of center-forward guy for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't know if you guys saw this hit, but he just cross-checked uh, Jake DeBrusque, who plays for the Bruins, just in the head after he had a dirty hit on another one of the uh, Maple Leafs. Okay. He just got suspended in the second game. And it'll probably be six, seven games because, like, the same thing happened last year. And this kind of wow. screws over the Maple Leafs. It's just kind of like a shame to see. A lot of people kind of thought he would be the X factor for the team. Just kind of the way he plays, and he's just kind of built for playoff hockey. But I think it's it's one one right now. Uh, Toronto has a lot of talent. They have John Tavares, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner. Some great forwards. They can be a little weak in the back end with defensemen, but. I don't know. I, I kind of thought that Toronto would win because Boston won in seven. They, same series last year, but Boston won in seven. I thought, I think of Toronto in seven. But with Kadri leaving again, I think Boston, with just the way they, they can play in the playoffs, it's just it's going to be a little too much for Toronto to overcome. Yeah. All right. All right, so let's go to the defending champions, uh, the Washington Capitals versus Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the Capitals are up 2-0. Give me a little bit about this one. All right. Uh, well, yeah, they're up 2-0. I mean, in both games, Carolina, they just haven't given up. They keep fighting, and that's just kind of how Carolina's played this year. I don't know if you guys saw, uh, they used to do these things after the game, the Carolina, after they do storm surge, they do, like, random sellies after games whenever they would win. So it's just kind of a fun season for them, but I think capitals are probably a little too much for them to handle, uh, especially being up two games. I think Carolina will get at least one, but I think – you're going to see Washington in about five or six. All right. Uh, you think the Capitals can defend their uh, title, go back-to-back? They have a chance. I yeah. mean, the East is really good. But I think because of the experience and because of, like, they've been there before, it's mostly the same team. They lost a few guys. But if hopefully yeah. if Holt B plays well, their goalie, uh, Ovenskin is doing Ovenskin things and – all the other guys are buzzing on the team, and they're looking they're looking good. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to sustain it coming further into the playoffs. Yeah. All right, we'll go to the next series: Predators versus Stars. Again, tied at one to one. What do you think about this one? This is an interesting series. Uh, I I kind of feel like Nashville hasn't been playing to their full potential, especially against the Stars. Uh, I just kind of like just where they've been the past few years going to the Stanley Cup two years ago. They just haven't been to where that they were. I mean, it's just time deteriorates, I guess. But I don't really see whoever comes out of the series going very far. I feel like even if Nashville wins or Dallas wins, they're going to lose in the second round just because I'm not that impressed with, like, 
kind of the caliber of play that that's been going on and even like kind of like the energy i guess yeah yep all right the next series another 1-1 series kind of two interesting teams uh the flames and the avalanche where do you see this series going this is a great series, boys. If you right. want to watch some quality hockey, I highly recommend watching Calgary, Colorado. Yeah. Calgary, they have this guy, Matthew Kachuk. It's spelled, it's spelled with a T, but it's pronounced Kachuk. Yeah. But, yeah. He's like, you know how like Marcus Smart is kind of like, like an instigator, kind of like, you know, in your face kind of guy? Yeah, for for Boston, he's like ten times that. Every he's everyone's everyone in NHL's least favorite player is Matthew Kachuk. He's built for playoff hockey. Just he's he can score. He can he can get in fights. He's gonna annoy you all night long. And he's a really great player. Calgary, they have one of the best of his, Dougie Hamilton. He's playing it has a, a really good defenseman. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, one of the best forwards in the league, Johnny Hockey. Uh, he's a really good hockey player. Uh, the big question with Calgary for me is their goaltending. Uh, Mike Smith's their main goaltender, and uh, he's kind of older, but he's been, he's played decent thus far in the series. Uh, and going over to Colorado, Colorado is one of like the most top-heavy teams in the league. Uh, they have a line made of. Uh, Landeskog, Rontanen, and uh, Nathan McKinnon, and it's probably the best line in the league thus far that we've seen throughout the season. They're just all-star, all-star caliber players, and they have another guy in the back end, uh, Tyson Berry. He's been he's been pretty good, mm-hmm. and their goaltending has they have, they have uh, a Grubauer who was a bat who who played for the Capitals in the playoffs a bit last year, and he he did pretty decent, but. Yeah. I think overall, it. I'm gonna have to give the edge to Calgary, but I can definitely see this one going seven. They, Colorado just won an OT off a great goal by Nathan McKinnon. It was it was an insane play, but I think I think Calgary is gonna. They have Calgary. I think is my pick. No, no. They're, they're they're my pick to win the West. I I okay. really like Calgary. Okay. All right, let's go to uh, probably. Would you say this is the most? Uh, uh, surprising series, I guess you could say. Blue Jackets and the Lightning. Blue Jackets have three zero. Do they complete the sweep? I have to think Tampa's going to win one, boys. They're probably the greatest regular season hockey team of all time. So what's what's just, going on? Why are they down? I I I really can't tell you, boys. I they just have all the potential, but Blue Jackets. Uh, John Tortorella is their coach, and he's just got them. He's just yeah. got them working like clockwork, boys. They, he got them exactly going at the right time. They have players stepping up. Uh, they just got Matthew Shane, who came over from from a trade that they got at the deadline, and he's a great player. He's kind of like a – I also want to say like a Kemba Walker, like a really great player but never on like that great of a team yeah. to like do much. So he's finally on a team where he can like make a difference in the playoffs, and it's really exciting. He's has – yeah, he has five points in three games, so he's playing amazing. That's and then they have other guys like Zach Lorensky and Seth Jones are their two big defensemen, and yeah. they're young and they're amazing. They're playing really, really well. And yeah, I think just to to see that how well Columbus is playing is just they're just they're not they're not intimidated by the uh, Lightning. They're not. 
scared uh, about them at all. Just going back to the first game, down three nothing, come back and win four three. It's just it's just, it's just insane to see how they've dealt with the pressure and dealt with kind of the expectations of them. Oh, I think like everyone thought lightning in four, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then the series that I'm loving the most is the Islanders and Penguins. Oh yeah, get get in there on John Glad. Oh, yeah. The Islanders are up 3-0. What's going on with the Penguins? I think it might be the end of the Penguins era, boys. Wow. I think I think the Islanders, I mean, I don't know if you guys followed the Islanders' rise throughout the season, but no one expected them to be here. No one expected yeah, they, them to – everyone, everyone was calling them lottery picks, so they, 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 would, they would suck it up this year. But defying all expectations, they've made it here. It's just kind of amazing. They have uh, a young guy. He's, I think it's a second year, Matt Barzell. He's kind of just been the offensive engine for this team all year long, and he's just kind of got the team going. Uh, it's really it's really a great series. Uh, Pittsburgh just – Sid hasn't scored. I think that's a, that's a big thing. Crosby hasn't scored at all. He's kind of gone quiet, which is not good if you're, if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And Matt Murray hasn't played – really well at all, giving up at least three goals, four goals a game. Uh, yeah, just things aren't going Pittsburgh's way, and it seems like the Islanders I, – I, I'm going to say the Pittsburgh maybe picks up two here, but I think Islanders in six is what we're going to see. There we go. All right, uh, last two, Jets and the Blues. Uh, Blues are up 2-1. Where do you see this going? I see the, – the thing about the Blues is that th- this is one of the only teams – to have been dead last, like, after halfway through the season. So after halfway of the season, worst team in the league. They yeah. turn it around, and they get into the playoffs, which is amazing. They've kind of been – they've been around their goalie, Jordan Bennington, uh, who's just kind of like this young rookie who's just had a stellar season. Uh, just a really cool story. But right now, the Blues, they are up over Winnipeg, but I think Winnipeg's going to get back in this series. I think it'll – I think the series – is going to go seven, but I think Winnipeg is going to get it going. They have a Winnipeg has a player named Patrick Laine, who throughout the season, uh, I mean, he had a five goal game, but other than that, he really hasn't had much going for the season. He's just gone been quiet. He's a really he has one of the best shots in the league. He's a really great player, but I think he has he has three goals in the first three games of the series, so he's playing great. And I think that they're going to continue to get moving, and they're going to get. They hit the wheels going. I think Winnipeg's gonna gonna move on from this. And, okay. Yeah. I guess that's right. Probably one of the greatest stories I think in sports from last year. The Knights—they're uh, taking mm-hmm. on the Sharks. The Knights got the two-one lead. Uh, do you see the Knights getting on to the next round? I think so. Uh, I would like to see the Sharks win. They have—they have some cool guys in the team. Uh, Joe Thornton—he's he, one of the—he's one of the greatest. He's played over 1,500 games in the NHL. He's just an all-time legend uh, of the game. And, yeah, I think it would be cool to see the Sharks win, but I just Vegas and the talent they've had, they won 6-3, 5-3 the last two games. Mm-hmm. They're getting an offense. They're getting going. Uh, I think Marc-Andre Fleury, the, uh, the, King, uh, the Golden Knights goalie, uh, he plays well. I don't think he's on his game, and there's no way the Knights are losing. I think probably I, I would take the Knights in six. In, okay. In this game. 
like to do that. All right, so what's your uh, Stanley Cup prediction? My Stanley Cup prediction, like I said, I like the Flames from coming out of the West. Um, and then, honestly, if if uh, Columbus completes the sweep or can even beats Lightning, I, I think that's enough potential to get them into the finals. Wow. I Double think predict. But it's happened before, uh, back in 2000, I don't know, early 2010s with the uh, Kings. Yeah. Uh, when they were when they were an eight seed, and they beat the first overall pick, and they catapulted them and they go on to win the Stanley Cup. But I, I don't think the Jackets will have enough to win the Cup. I think it's going to be the first time in like 27 years that we're going to see a Canadian team win the Cup. So I think I think the Flames can do it. I think the Flames will go on and win the Cup. Well, that's a pretty bold prediction there, but uh, thank you for coming on, Bailey. Appreciate yeah, you. No problem, boys. Would you say you're number one hockey expert in Medina? Yeah, just make sure you tell George that. Yeah, I got you. And we want to give a special. It's late, but it's a, it's the birthday shout out. Happy birthday, Bailey. Yeah, happy birthday, yeah, boys. It's, it's late, but we, we wanted to get that out there. But we thank you for coming on, Bailey, and we hey, hope no you have problem. a great rest of your day. All right, you too. All right, see you, Bailey. That was our interview with Bailey McRitchie. Uh, we thank him for coming on and spending some time with us. Again, help us to catch up with all the playoffs uh, stuff. And, you know, Truman was in there, too. I'm pretty sure you picked up on that. Um, but great interview with him. Medina's number one hockey expert. So that was our interview with Bailey, and that was our show. One thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts. Um, we want to ask that you check, on, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, leave us a five-star rating. Write a review. Uh, and subscribe wherever you go, wherever you check us out. Follow us also on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk One Two. That's where you can find us. Um, that's where you can send us a bunch of DMs, whatever you want to ask, questions, comments, concerns, stuff you like, stuff you didn't like. You want to be a guest on the show? You want to help give your sports take? Send us a DM. Um, but other than that, that's our show today. We want to thank you for listening and tune in on Thursday. Thanks, guys.